It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The number five was significant on the fifth day of training camp. We'll talk about why and what it means. Plus, do we buy the current injury comments coming out of the commander's organization? Finally, how valuable is the Washington Commanders franchise? We'll tell you that and we'll react to all of it right now on the Locked On Washington Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, and we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 app. Your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C. has a streaming app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Just download the WUSA 9 Plus app now from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. No matter how you're joining us, we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I am David Harrison, writer for Sports Illustrated's Foundation, covering your Washington Commanders. And my co-host, as always, is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Metter show on the Team 980, which you can find live Monday to Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here we're on Twitter, I'm at DHarrison82. Chris is at WrestleMania621, and the show is at LO Commanders. That took less than two minutes, despite what some comments on YouTube might claim. Uh-oh, uh-oh, do I smell a combative David Harrison? I like it, I like it. Bring not me a five-minute intro is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, we can make it that if you'd like. Uh, no, we're, well, I mean, listen, nobody we wants do, that. Listen, we've got to do what we got to do, right? We got to do what we got to do. But thanks. Again, we're thanking you for making the Lockdown Commanders podcast your first listen, your first view uh, of the day. David, day five, week two of Commander's Training Camp 2022 is in the books. And you were on the scene, boots on the ground, as we like to mention. And you mentioned during the tease, five was a key word. And that's how we start this episode of LO Commanders. And that is five interceptions, three for Carson Wentz, one each for Taylor Heineke and Sam Howell. And yep. I, I guess, you know, the the, the way we, we would first ask it is, was this just a really bad day? Or is this, you know, just a, a, a good day for the, the secondary and the defense? How would you kind of break it down because you were there to see it? Yeah, it was it was amazing. First of all, <laughs> it was it was something to behold. I will tell you that uh, not no sooner than uh, was I constructing the tweet to tweet out that uh, Kendall Fuller had secured the first interception of week two and of the day that uh, I look up and. Cam Curl is getting another one. And right. It's just, it's, it's amazing. Um, listen, so the first one, honestly, you know, interceptions are quarterback stat period. The ball leaves the quarterback's hands. The, the, the interception is on the quarterback. Uh, when Carson went through the ball, um, as the ball is going through the air, the first thing that went through my mind is as I'm watching Cam Sims wait for the ball to arrive is, uh, you know, you want your receiver to close down on that ball. 
the next thing going through my mind is, oh, look, Kendall Fuller's closing down on the ball. And Kendall Fuller came away with it. And that's why Kendall Fuller came away with it is because the receiver stopped and sat there, waited for the football to arrive while the defensive back made the play, was mm-hmm. aggressive and went and got the ball. That's something that can be cleaned up in film. It's going to be very simple. They're going to look back at the throw and they're going and, and to tell Carson, maybe you could have thrown it sooner, you know, a, a tick sooner. And they're going to tell Cam, hey, next time, take a few steps towards the ball. And that doesn't happen. Worst case scenario, Kendall arrives with the ball, which he's done several times in, in training camp, by the way, uh, and punches it out, which you would much rather have an incompletion, right, instead of an interception. So right. that's that's interception number one. Interception number two, very next play. Honestly, I put on Carson trying to make it up. I, I, I really do. I think Carson's just like, all right, we're going to move past that with intent, and we're going to come out here, and we're going to put together a very solid pass, which is a great method, which is a great mindset, but not so great when you literally just threw an interception, right? This is why you like the quarterback going to the sideline, taking a breather, taking a few minutes to just get it out of his mind, get the adrenaline, because it, it sucks. You know what I mean? You you feel bad, and that spikes some, some adrenaline, some emotional stress. Let it calm down a little bit before you go back out there. So what happens? Uh, he overshoots Cole Turner, who is like six foot 14. Um, and Cole jumped, stretched out, and still couldn't touch the football. Like he he overshot Cole Turner. Um, but Cam Curl just happened to be in the exact right position that he was in with top coverage over the formation. They were in zone. And Cam Curl made a very nice play, went up in the air, grabbed it, came down both feet, and uh, the defense celebrated. Coach Chris Harris was having a very good day out there um, on Monday. So those are your first two interceptions. So, like when I describe that to you, so how do you put emotion into that? Well, I think it's a really interesting well let me just say this. I think it's a really interesting point that you make about the back-to-back interceptions and not having time in between to cool off, calm down, look at maybe some you know the iPad, uh, lis- listen and talk to the coaches because you yeah. don't get that opportunity in practice and in training camp, right? Now right. the good part about that is they don't count. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter as opposed to a game, right? The bad part is you don't have that in between, like you said, where you might be able to take a step back and realize, okay, I did this wrong or I did that wrong. So I think that's a really astute and good point. However, that being said, um, what would worry me is, you know, and I saw this throughout OTAs um, and I didn't see it really Saturday, but I saw some other things turn me as we talked about on our last episode, David, And that is, there are times specific to Carson Wentz. We know what Taylor Heineke's issues are. We know Sam Howell's a rookie and has a long way to go if he ever gets there. But specific to Carson Wentz, there are times where I have to wonder, and maybe this is early, maybe this is unfair, you tell me, where he tries to do too much, where maybe he tries, hey, I can make this throw because I've got a gun. I can do this. I can make up for this because of whatever reason, I can can make this decision. And Ron basically alluded to it after practice that it's really about decision-making, right? And clearly, decision-making has been one of Carson Wentz's biggest issues over the last couple of years, in addition to, at times, durability, in addition to, at times, taking too many hits, holding on to the ball too long, too many sacks, so on and so forth. Decision-making has been subpar. And that's what concerns me 
beyond just, oh, it's day five of training camp and they're not in pads. I don't look at a quarterback's performance being affected by not being in pads. I mean, you can say it's day five of training camp, right? It was a day back after a day off. So maybe there's a little bit of rust there, but there shouldn't be that. He had four practices under him, including uh, last time on Saturday. It's not like it was a week ago or anything like that. So I don't know if rust is really something I buy into. It's more Carson's continuing uh, belief or ability or thought that he can pretty much anything because he's got a rocket for an arm and you can't do that in the NFL. There, there's a lot that kind of goes into this whole thing, right? And that's what Ron was trying to focus on. And, and you know, some of it's coach speak, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, like, it wasn't a good day. Uh, and right. it, it wasn't a good day all around, but especially for the quarterbacks. Um, part but of it was a good day for the secondary, right? I yeah, mean. No, it was a great day for the defense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the third one, so the third Carson Wentz interception, going back to that, honestly, there was a lot of traffic. There was a lot of people on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see enough to really fully like diagnose it, but from what it looked like to me, it was basically one of those balls that was kind of thrown into a tight area. Mm-hmm. One dude came away with it. One dude didn't. I don't know if it was a right. fight issue, if it was like a who wanted it more type of issue. Um, not quite as bad as some of the other ones. Uh, Taylor Heineke's uh, interception was very, very similar. Honestly, Sam Howell's interception, I almost kind of don't even count because it was a busted play. Like nobody, like the ball was, was snapped and like nobody moved at first. And Sam, you kind of tell was like, okay, like we messed that up. So we're going to do it. Like he kind of stopped and then like everybody started moving. So he he moved again and then the whistle started blowing and threw the ball and it was intercepted. So it's like, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, it got intercepted, but I don't know if I would really count that one as interception, but I mean, honestly, you know, if we're, if we're being clear about day five and again, this is just day five. So everybody needs to take with a huge grain of salt. Uh, Sam Howell was the best quarterback out there in day mm. five, um, unless you count Cole Kelly, who didn't take any snaps. So that's why he had no <laughs> interceptions. But Sam Howell honestly looked like probably the best quarterback out there. Um, he had two yep. throws. One of them, uh, one of them was a, was a was a great throw, and uh, I, I want to say it was Cam Sims. Don't quote me on it. Kind of pulled up, and, and that's why it ended up falling. Uh, you know what? It was Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon. He targeted Kelvin Harmon. Had him. Uh, Kelvin. I don't know what he was was going through his mind, but he kind of pulled up a little bit. And then tried to reaccelerate when he realized the ball where the ball was going. Mm-hmm. Made a diving effort for it. Give him all you know credit for the for the dive and everything. But I feel like if he doesn't decelerate the way that he did, he probably hits it in stride. Um, and then and then Sam made another throw over in the middle, uh, targeting a tight end. And it was it was a good throw, um, except you know in the NFL linebackers are faster, so the linebacker closed on it, broke it up uh, pretty quickly. At North Carolina, it's a first down and a great play. Um, so Sam's just got to learn how to anticipate that a little bit sooner. But really, I mean. You can see him getting smarter, and that's dangerous for the for the commander's depth chart because as soon as his brain catches up with the NFL game, he's already got the physical talent. Right, but he still has. I mean, l- l- I, the way you said it, you know, different thing at North Carolina <laughs> versus the NFL. He still has a long uh, yeah. way to go. Again, yeah. real quickly, the, the this is all the downside. The benefit, the secondary, which was picked on ruthlessly last year, uh, it was pretty good on Saturday when I was there, and I think you would concur with all of that and more, but it was really good on Monday. So we'll see when the pads come on, how Chris Harris's guys respond to that challenge and that difference. Um, Coming up, who was back and who was not for the commanders on Monday? Again, David was on scene. We will check in on all the injured and banged up guys, including another layer to the Curtis Samuel situation. That's next. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, guys, What are you waiting for? You're depriving yourself of one of 
life's greatest joys. That's right. You can have two joys. You can listen, watch the Locked On Commanders podcast, and you can have Built Bar Puffs. I highly suggest you do both. And maybe at the same time, you get double the pleasure. And guess what? There's a new flavor of Built Bar Puffs. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Who doesn't love cookie dough? I love cookie dough. You probably love cookie dough. It's covered in rich chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Again, cookie dough. Chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks. Mm. Who doesn't love that? Without the hassle of making it and it's healthy for you. You know every Built Bar product, whether it's the puffs or the traditional bars, all the different flavors are healthy and tasty. This one has the cookie dough chunk puffs, only 100 and calories, and 15 grams of protein. You know they're low in sugar, low in net carbs. You know they're so good for you. Uh, replace that breakfast on your way to work in case you want to go to a fast food place. Have a Built Bar Puff. Uh, replace that bowl of chocolate ice cream late at night. Have a Built Bar Puffs. You are going to love them. And what you should do right now is go see our friends at Built at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your order, whatever you want to order, by using the promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view each and every day. All right, Dave, we got a bunch of injury updates to run through. Uh, so on Saturday, we saw Antonio Gibson crank it up a little bit, participating in individual and position unit drills, but not really team drills. But on Monday, that was a little bit of different. Before we get to the rest of the roll call, uh, how did Antonio look in your eyes? Did you notice anything specific? Uh, and I, my, my belief, and I, I could be wrong on this, is he did fully participate in all the team 11-on-11 drills. Is that correct? Yeah, he was he was out there. He was he was a full participant. I don't know that he was on every single you know right. play or anything like that. Obviously, right. it was a rotation. But yeah, he was out there. Uh, had a couple drops against air in in the early going. I think that's just rust. You know what I mean? He hasn't been out there really with his guys. So mm -hmm. I think that's just rust. I think you chalk it up to that. Um, you know, you, you could tell that it's been a little bit since he's been on the practice field. And then again, the entire offense was kind of sluggish as well. So when the guys around you were sluggish and you haven't been on the practice field for a little while. You know, I think it, I think it's expected that it kind of rubs off a little bit. But AG, I mean, you you also saw what what AG brings to the field. You saw the agility, you saw the ability uh, to get upfield and all those things. So uh, you know, he looks good. You know, hopefully, he continues to feel good and that that hamstring issue doesn't become too big of an issue. You know, it, it's it's interesting because he's had a lot of lower leg issues. This is the first yeah. time that I remember, and maybe I'm forgetting one where it's been kind of an upper leg issue, for lack of a right. better term, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they use Antonio Gibson uh, going. Mentioned a couple of drops on air, which is something you you know you don't want to see any drops, but you certainly don't want to see drops on air. 
But we know he was a natural receiver at Memphis, so you kind of wonder if they're going to try and to to try and preserve his body a little bit more, and also to eliminate potentially so many arms and legs and bodies flying around inside the box, inside the tackles, which led to some of those fumbling issues for AG. You wonder how much they're going to use him as a true running back. Did you see any? Uh, any four may have jumped out to, a, at you that 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 would give any indication, or was it pretty much traditionally the same? I mean, I mean, we've definitely seen AG split out. You know what I yeah. mean? We've we've seen him in the slot. We've seen a motion into the slot, out of the slot. Like, there's a lot of movement to this offense, and I don't, I don't, you know, uh, obviously, you know, I wasn't on ground last year, so you'd have to speak to if that's a new development or if that's just something that they never really got to because of the limitations of the offense last year. Uh, but it's something that. I don't remember seeing a lot of on game days, you know, mm-hmm. in, in 2021. So seeing them in camp now, it, it makes me happy because you have all these 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 weapons and all this versatility. The the really the the best way to use them is to shift them around and move them because it forces the defense to a certain extent to tip their hand, which gives your quarterback a little bit of an advantage before the ball is even snapped. So why not take advantage of those? So seeing a lot of that movement uh, and seeing you know AG JD uh, get get reps, you know, split again in, in the slot sometimes all the way outside and. I mean, you'd love it if you see Antonio Gibson go out and you got a linebacker against him right. and you clear that space out. So, right. um, yeah, so so some interesting things just is it going to make it to the field? And and there's several factors to that, not just Antonio Gibson. Uh, but, you know, is it going to make it to the, to the playing field? That's going to be the key. Uh, and, and how quickly the quarterbacks can get on the same page. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think they've used uh, certainly him a, as a receiver in the slot, like you mentioned, uh, out of the backfield uh, in different ways in practices and training camps before. I guess my I, I guess my my thing would be I'm expecting it a lot more. Maybe I'm going to be right. let down. Maybe I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, I don't know. All right, Curtis Samuel. Speaking of let down and disappointed again, David, yeah. another issue, another problem. And this time, I guess it's back tightness and hamstring tightness. But at uh, least, hey, let's throw a party. It's nothing related to last year's groin problems, right? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that this is this is something that's going to get interesting really fast. And I mean, you know, I've already said on this show that you know I just I just have kind of a a, a, a trauma reflex when it comes to Curtis Samuel. If I don't see him on the practice field, my my mind immediately goes to oh no no he's injured again or he's mm-hmm. he's aggravated again um, because of last year. Well, it's it's starting to get back there, and I can say right now I'm not alone because this is now three practices in a row. Uh, that we've that we've not seen him on the field. Actually, maybe four. Now I, I'm trying to count back, but it's at least three practices in a row that he hasn't been in team team drills. He hasn't been going full speed, mm-hmm. um, and that's with a day off in between. Yep. You know, like he, we were off Sunday, so there's no practice for anybody Sunday. So you're talking four days, five days that the, that that Curtis Samuel hasn't been able to practice at all. And Ron talked about this plan to ramp him up and bring him down, but you're not, you know you're not ramping him up, bringing him down. You're accelerating and then coming to a stop. Like that's, you know what I mean? Those are two totally different things as far as I'm concerned. And, and you know, you don't want to not, not trust what Ron is telling you, but at the same time, like pads come on tomorrow. And if I don't, if he's not out there with pads on, it's, it's, it's going to start getting to the point where people are, are, are going to even more than already talking about, we think this guy is injured, not mm-hmm. slowing it down, not, you know, gradually building it up. No, like he's injured. 
Well, all right. So a couple of things. I, I mean, I don't know, but I wouldn't expect him to all of a sudden be out there full throttle just because pads are coming on with all of his various elements. So yeah. we'll have to see what happens uh, with that. Number one, number two, you know, here's the thing that I am having a hard time buying in. Ron keeps saying uh, either at various press conferences with you guys uh, there after practices or uh, with the junkies on 1067, the fan, one of the stations that I do work for. Uh, last Friday that Curtis is doing great. Curtis is doing fine. Curtis is, is going to be okay. We're just, we're just backing him down. We're ramping him up. All the different things that you kind of allude. Oh, Al's got a plan. Al, the, the, the new uh, head athletic trainer. Right. But they keep saying, you know, we made a mistake last year by bringing him back too quick. And I, I mentioned this a couple of times on Friday and, and as well on Monday on the radio. And I, I'm just curious to bounce it off of you. Like, they did not work him that hard in training camp last year. They shut him down from late May all the way until, like, mid to late August, then started to ramp him up to get him ready for the regular season. And the Chargers, he made it through the first practice of that week, but when after a day off, he came back for the second, he had a setback, and then they had to put him on IR. And I don't know if you remember – before the IR, uh, as the IR stint came to an end, after week three, a loss in Buffalo, they were going to Atlanta, facing the possibility of one and three. They wanted to get him on the field. And all of a sudden, Ron's like, oh, no, he practiced full. He's ready to go. I'm going to announce it. He's playing. And he actually was good. Yeah. I wonder if that's what Ron is saying that they rushed him back for, because I thought it was a mistake then, David. And yeah. right away the next week, because he played too many snaps, Curtis Samuel was hurt. So. Yeah. I wonder what they can gain by being extra cautious with him this August versus last August that, again, that is going to preserve him in the regular season. I don't think there's much of anything. Yeah, it's it's tricky because I and, you know I almost wonder. And again, Ron keeps saying like the groin is fine, the groin is fine, and and that may be true. Like from a, from an official medical standpoint, maybe the groin is fine, but there there are side effects to things, right? When when your body gets injured somewhere. Yeah. And you stop using it or you, or you have to take a break from you, like other parts of your body kind of compensate. Right. So like I have a back injury, right? I have a back injury. I have a lower back injury. When I suffered that injury, I was healthy before that. I suffered the injury. I went through my rehab, started doing all their stuff. Next thing you know, I have severe neck arthritis. Why do I have severe neck arthritis? Because my neck and my upper body are now are adjusting and overcompensating for the injury in my lower back. So my lower back is is as healed as much as it's going to be, but now my neck and my upper back are are having issues because of what it's doing. So you look at the groin where the where the groin is centrally located. It's not in your core, right? But now he's having issues with his hamstring right below the groin area and his lower back right right above uh, the groin area. So I wonder, and again, this is a non medical opinion. So I wonder if if his body hasn't been overcompensating essentially for a compromised part of his of his system and that's why he's having these issues and if he's going to continue having these issues but the bottom line is i mean we can want to preserve his health all we want but if he's going to be a part of the team he's a fast twitch guy you you can't keep that going without work like you you have to work and i'm not saying push him push him on the field before he's ready i'm just saying that this this is where this question is going to start coming in if he's not on the field like the pads come on we still don't see him on the field Got it. Like, you know what I mean? But eventually the conditioning has to start. You look at a guy like Rob Gronkowski who came out of retirement in 2020 from a, from a general standpoint, he would, he would have been the fittest guy in most rooms in America because he has stayed in shape that well during his time off. But he still wasn't in football shape. It still took him like six mm -hmm. weeks of playing and practicing with the Buccaneers before he got into football shape. Curtis Samuel is not practicing and working out for football conditioning. And we're six weeks away from the season. I mean, 
it's it's just it's one of those things that yeah the, the longer he sits out there's no ramp up period it's right. just we're at a stop right now and the engine's right. cooling and cold muscles or hurt muscles and all the cliches you want out there it's just it's going to start getting concerning the longer he's out it's hard to get ready to play football when you can't practice. There is no doubt about that. Coming up next, what's Ryan Kerrigan up to? We've had a bunch of news about him in the last few days. And where did the commanders rank in terms of NFL valuation? That's next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, final segment here in the Locked On Commanders Podcast following the fifth day of Washington Commanders 2022 NFL training camp. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan retired. Said something very interesting in his press conference, Chris, that he wanted to coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only does he want to coach, he wants to coach in the NFL. And he wants to coach sooner rather than later. Well, interestingly enough, potential coach Kerrigan was walking the defensive sidelines of practice mm-hmm. on Monday, the very next practice day after his retirement. So it's interesting. On the last episode that we recorded, uh, we had talked about you know the possibility of him becoming a coach, and I, I can't remember if I shared uh, this. Uh, it, you know, you had made mention that John Kime and I, uh, you know, who covered him since the day he walked in, had a, a you know an off, you know off. Um, off press conference conversation with him, right? A very candid conversation. And I, I think I can share this. He said, not only do I want to coach, I want to coach now and I'd like to coach here, right? Yeah. Meaning Washington, right? He lives here. His family is here. Uh, yeah. We met his, you know, three little daughters, wife, all that stuff. Like he wanted to go Saturday morning. Like I think if they would have let him out and coach on Saturday morning, Kerrigan would have. And instead, it took two days to work it out uh, and for him to coach uh, ultimately on Monday. Now, where this leads, I don't know. I don't know if Kerrigan wants to work 90, 100 hours a week. But, David, they would be fools, meaning the team, the commanders, not to say, hey, you know what? You want to work 40 hours? We'll find a way for you to help Chase Young, Montez Sweat, F.A. Obata, and whoever. You want to work 60 hours? Work 60 hours. We got we got it covered with a defensive line coach and Sam Mills and an assistant defensive line coach and Jeff Scanina. But what what could possibly be wrong with a part-time pass rush development coach or a part-time defensive end edge pass rushing consultant or added player that the play or or, uh, coach that the players all know and the players all respect because he just did it. I mean, he could be a quality control coach. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of things you could do. And, and basically, Coach Rivera said that as of right now, he's basically just, I, I call it shadowing, right? He's he's getting yeah. on-the-job training. So, like, it's one thing to say you want to be a coach, and that's what you want to do. It's another thing to do it. He talked about his own process when he retired from the NFL, uh, Coach Rivera, that is, and and how it took a little bit of time for him to kind of decide that he wanted to be a coach. So, right now, really, they're just letting Ryan, I don't want to call it hang out because I'm sure he's doing, he's contributing something. I'm sure he is. But like uh, from from an official standpoint, he doesn't have an official stand, standpoint. There's no title for for Kerrigan right now. He's just kind of there, and they're basically kind of letting him see what it takes to be a coach in the National Football League and really how much work uh, it really encompasses for a couple of weeks, and then 
let him kind of make a decision going from there. But I mean, it doesn't, you know, I don't think when Ron was asked if he was going to come onto the staff, like he didn't, you know, flinch at the idea. So, I mean, I don't know, like maybe, maybe by the end of the month here, you got, you know, coaching intern Ryan Kerrigan or assistant coach or quality control coach Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, it's interesting. And honestly, it'd be great. It'd be a great PR move as well. And this team could use all the great PR they can get. I don't I don't know if they could put him at quality control. Those guys work, you know, again, a ton of hours and they really do the grunt work. I don't know if Ryan wants to do that. My sense is is Ryan wanted to dip his toes in the water right away because he wants to get out of his house. <laughs> and while he loves his <laughs> while he loves his kids, he want he loves football too and he wants to get back into it. But as I told him again, you know, off on the side, I said, Ryan, you gotta you gotta really think about this. You got three young kids. You don't want to be out of the house from five AM until ten o'clock at night, never see your mm-hmm. kids, never Never see your wife, never have dinner at home, never be able to watch TV, never be able to have a beer and relax, except for maybe a Friday night or something like that. Yeah, you know, just be careful, you know. So hopefully he'll get a good taste of it and a good dose. All right, David, wrapping up uh, the show, we got to go through this quickly. Uh, Sportico came out with their NFL team by team of val- uh, valuations. And of course, no surprise, the Dallas Cowboys, shocker, number one on mm. that list at 7.64 billion dollars that's right billion with a b where did the commanders rank that's a good question right you might be surprised and david i i guess i would ask you are you surprised that they're still in the top 10 number eight overall at 4.78 billion just a hair ahead of the eagles and a couple of spots below the new york giants no, just because the history, you know what I mean? The history of the lineage and, and what this team has meant to the league uh, throughout the decades. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fully surprised that it's still in the top 10. I think if, you know, a couple, couple more years of what it's currently going through that, that valuation might, might drop. But mm-hmm. right now I think it's kind of a, don't blame the car because of the driver type of situation. The car still has value, even if you don't like who's behind the wheel. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think they've gone from number two to number eight. I, that's an yeah. unaffected official number two but i remember not too long ago five six years ago somewhere in that range they were like number two maybe it was a little bit longer than that maybe it was when i first got on the beat but either way they have dropped somewhat precipitously but still good enough to be in the top 10 all right you can go check out that whole list at sportico.com that's going to do it for us on today's edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen and view of the day. Now make your second listen and watch the Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keeping fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league, including Deshaun Watson, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, and more. That's right. Check them out. Locked on NFL. We'll be back uh, with another episode after Tuesday's first padded practice. David will be there in person at Command Central. If you want to hop in, 301-615-3577, 301-615-3577, or LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com. For David Harrison, that's him. Write it for SI.com Span Nation. Go make sure you check that out. Uh, I'm Chris Russell. One half of the Russell and Medher Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.